What's up, yo? We got episode five, Daily Dribble Drive podcast. You know, the playoffs are going on, so we're trying to get as many podcasts out for y'all. I'm with the boys, OG and Johnny, like always. What's up, y'all? We're back again, episode five. Yeah, what's up? What's up? And we got a special guest, so our first special guest, the sneaker seller himself, Mr. Tassin. Say what's up. Yes, sir. What's up, guys? How you guys doing? So... If you all want to be on the pod, you know, just send us a message or leave a comment and, you know, we'll get you on. But um, let's start off straight away. The Lakers win game three yesterday, the first playoff game in Staples Center since like 2013, 2012. Chris Paul didn't look completely healthy, but the Lakers were just too good, too big, too strong. Yeah, I agree. Suns going down. Doesn't look like they're coming out in the series on top anymore. What about you, Johnny? I know you're a big Suns fan. You still think they have a chance? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to win another game in the series. And I think it's going to end in five. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers are uh, too big, too strong. You know, yesterday, they thoroughly, thoroughly dominated the Phoenix Suns. And the Lakers... Like over half of their field goal shots were at the rim. And that just can't happen if you're trying to win playoff games. That's too many easy buckets. And first of all, we I mean, second of all, we need to start slandering Mr. Jay Crowder. Because I don't know what this guy is doing. Trying to get in LeBron's head, talking trash to him every possession just to get schooled. You know, he has more fouls than field goals made so far in this series he's shooting like two yeah, for 20 i did not know that he's shooting two for 20 from three like come on dude just hit a shot please lebron was lebron was getting in his head at the end near the end of the game he was just having fun laughing around getting offensive fouls from the phoenix suns uh anthony davis had a great game as well they couldn't stop him basically yeah okay, phoenix are just too small like DeAndre in, I actually applaud that guy um, coming out of the draft, uh, going to a team like Phoenix, which in the years that he's been there have been pretty good, but he hasn't disappointed in any of the games. It's mainly his team around him. And the fact that he's getting dominated by like in the pain as well, like he can't really stop anyone. He's trying his best, but he is efficient overall. Um I think he's the one guy in Phoenix who's actually putting up consistent numbers. I haven't seen that from anyone else on the team. It's kind of uh, embarrassing to see yeah. a second seed go down like this. <laughs> but we all we all knew it was coming. I think episode two, Omad was saying, never bet against LeBron James. I, I, I was headed for episode one. Episode one. I think it's episode one. Never bet against LeBron James. But, okay, so one note that I saw on Twitter – Scott Foster was officiating the game and Chris Paul has lost his last 11 playoff games whenever Scott Foster has officiated and it held yeah. form today. <laughs> but anyways, not, you know, the 2018 Rockets game, that was kind of BS, but anyways. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think Scott Foster did anything horrible last night. Like, yeah, yeah not I don't think horrible, last night was like about it's, that. It's, Chris Paul was pretty mad in the, I will say, though, I am a little disappointed in uh, McCall Bridges. 
because he's he had a really good year on the offensive end. He's facing LeBron James. I told you this last episode too. What do you expect from the guy? No, no, no. I'm not saying on defense. He's doing fine on defense. Like LeBron hasn't been LeBron, and you know part of that might be LeBron is not healthy or he's not trying his hardest or whatever. But I'm very disappointed in him offensively because he's more than just a three and D player who just sits in the corner. But in this series, that's all he's been doing. And he's been rushing a lot of shots. And I guess that is like the young kind of inexperienced showing. Aiton has definitely played much better. Yeah. Um, but Booker, Booker played really good in game one. But the Lakers, the, their defense has adjusted. Yeah. And like there was literally one play. I don't know. I think it was in the third quarter maybe where they, the Lakers ran a zone at the end of a possession when Devin Booker was at the top. And they literally had three guys above the three-point line because they didn't want Devin Booker to shoot. And they're literally leaving open, like, Jay Crowder. And, you know, Crowder's not making them pay. Yeah. Okay. Chris Paul injury, that helps a lot because, you know, he's not out there. His shoulders, even when he is out there, it looks like he's having a hard time shooting the basketball. But what I wanted to get to was after game two, if you were Phoenix, you could look at the game and you could say, you know what, I think we could have won this game or I think we could win in the future. If you're Phoenix now and you look at that third game, you're like, we have no shit, it's over. Like the max we can do is we could take the Lakers to six and we would come back to Staples Center to lose another game. Very true. But I... like I said last time, LeBron didn't look healthy in game two, but he looked way better in game three. Like he was driving the ball, he was posting up, and that's something you didn't see in game one or two. And like I said, if that LeBron shows up, it's over. They're going to the finals for sure. He, he was They're laughing at his opponents. He was laughing at his opponents last game. <laughs> I, yeah, I he was think, just having fun. Yeah, I think Devin Booker definitely needs to step up. Yesterday he was shooting six for nineteen. Uh, even though he had 19 points, but he, he has to lead his team. Right now, it's only DeAndre Aiden that's consistent, like Omer said. He he dropped a double-double, I think, game one. He dropped a double-double yesterday. Not sure about game two, but he's the only one that's being consistent. So if Phoenix wants to win, they all players, they just got to step up their game. Yeah, but there's no chance. I think <laughs> the series is over. <laughs> and the Phoenix fans... Kendall Jenner, Broadis, all those fans. <laughs> oh, I feel bad for Broadis. <laughs> 13 yeah. years for this. Yeah. It was and a good second. season. Yeah, but and, second and to, be, and to be honest, we said it last episode. I think Phoenix, this team, even though Chris Paul's injured, not 100%, not playing full minutes, I think they could have beat any of the five to eight seed, seeded teams mm. in a close seven-game series, six-game series. That's true. Um, I think they should have tanked too. They should have applied what the other teams applied during the end of the season. <laughs> Maybe got third place, and unfortunately that didn't happen. And he, they had to face LeBron. Didn't end yeah. up good. They got unlucky with the Lakers facing the Lakers in the first round. Yeah, and also like the Lakers are just they just match up so well against yeah. Phoenix. They got so many big men that they could yeah. run out. So much length. So many big guys. Yeah. And the Suns really only have DeAndre Ayton, who is like mm. the only big that is actually serviceable. Yeah, especially like, when Lakers play Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis at the same time. Like, it's not possible to stop it. It's just yeah, not. Yeah, I mean, Andre Drummond is not that great, but you know, yes, for Andre this. Is for but this last series, night he was good. Last yeah, night he was played pretty decent last night. Yeah. I mean, for this series, though, like, you know, we always see 
that Frank Vogel, whenever they get in trouble, they put Anthony Davis at center and they just destroy teams. But like for this series, aside from that one, like last two minutes in game two, when they went on that 7-0 run, I don't even think it's necessary or it's even like a good thing for them to give up their size advantage because like Phoenix is always running small, no matter like what lineup they put out there, they're always going to have the size disadvantage. And you saw it last night. The Lakers just feasted inside. Yeah. But to be fair, how many teams are really bigger than the Lakers? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Right? They're like one of the biggest teams in the NBA. Yeah. But like, you know, if you want to be an actual legit playoff team, I think you need to have at least two bigs that can play in the playoffs. I don't know. I don't know. Because look, look at every other team in the West except for the Lakers. They only have one big. Denver has one, Portland has one, Utah has one, um, the Grizzlies, you could say they have two. Bro, the Grizzlies but, got like a million. Yeah, the yeah. Grizzlies, they have more, but they're an eight seed. But I'm talking about out of the real legit contenders, they only have one, one, one big each. I mean, Utah has Derek Favors, who's fine defensively. Yeah, but they're not running both Gobert and Favors at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying like, if you, I would much rather have favors coming off the bench right now. Okay, yes. Than convince, yeah. <laughs> and then you have to start considering, should the Lakers even play Andre Drummond if you have that many bigs? But I do have a question for you guys. Are you guys worried about the Lakers half-court and three-point shooting woes so far in, this, in the playoffs? No, I'm not concerned at all. The, if, you, if you remember last year, this team won because they were good defensively. During yeah. the regular season without LeBron and AD, they were still good defensively. And that's going to be their calling and saving card. Like LeBron and AD will pick it up whenever they need a basket because, you know, they're superstars and that's what they do. So the lack of three-point shooting right now doesn't really concern me. Yeah, I mean, they don't uh, have like, not, yeah. It's not too concerning at the moment, uh, especially people like Kuzma and stuff. They're playing super bad right now. And if so we saw somebody last put season, on an APB for Kuzma, man. This guy is like <laughs> two for 12. Like, where? He had three games, and I think he has like five points, six points total. That's it. Yeah, he's not, he's not, too, he's not playing too good. But um, the thing with Lakers is, is that when that happens, they have Anthony Davis and LeBron to rely on. Yeah. And let's say those role players like Caruso, Kuzma, Schroeder, they start playing good. I don't think any team really in the West could stop them. And it looks like in this series, we may be able to see the GOAT get some minutes. Jared Dudley is back from injury. <laughs> we, might, we, may, we may see Jared Dudley play in this next elimination game. Not this one, but game five, potentially. Um, looking forward for that. I think that's what the fans want to see. Jared Dudley, one of the best three-point shooters on the Lakers, may play game five. We'll see about that. <laughs> But right now, though, the Lakers are shooting 27% from three. And it's a, a bunch of wide open looks. I think mm-hmm. I saw something on Twitter where they have the second most wide open looks in the playoffs so far from three. And they're only hitting 27%. Like, they cannot <laughs> score in the half court consistently, this team. I remember, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw that clip of LeBron, like, screaming at Caldwell Pope. Like, he wants you to, he shoot wants it, him to yeah. shoot it. But honestly, like, Caldwell Pope, like, he misses... I'd say like eighty percent of the shots he takes. 
So, I, I mean, I think he made the right decision with Tassi and then trying to get a drive. But I don't yeah. know. I guess I, they're not their three-pointers. Are, I don't think it's anything to worry about, to be honest, because they, they just take it with LeBron and AD, and that's all they have to do, to be honest, to win a game. Yeah, KCP is one for 13 from three in the series no so way. far. Oh, my God. That's he was a 40% three-point shooter in the, uh, in, the, in the regular season. And he did show up last year in the playoffs, but I don't know what's happening this year. Yeah, I guess, like, okay, I guess another question about, like, their half-court offense is, like, how, I don't, like, how do they score? Do you just, like, dump it a LeBron and tell you, okay, give me a bucket for the whole game? Yes, yes. It's worked for 18 (laughs) years. It'll work for 19. You set him a pick and he's gone. No, that happens. And then if LeBron does get, like, double-teamed or needs to kick it out, one of the shots are going to go in eventually. They're shooting 30% and still winning games. Eventually, those shots are going to increase. The percentages are going to increase. And against better defensive teams where they actually have better big men who can guard the inside, the big men will just kick it out, like Davis or LeBron will just kick it out. And Caruso or Wesley Matthews, any of them will start scoring soon. You have to remember remember that this team, it's still like a relatively new team because their third, I'd say their third most important player, Dennis Schroeder, mm-hmm. like he didn't get the the practice time and the game time with LeBron and AD because they were facing those injuries. They're using these playoff games like practices. That's true. I think well, Dennis Schroeder definitely saying, plays like, a big part. If, if they don't, like, if they if their defense is obviously elite and still is elite, but, like, the whole season, it's been a struggle for them to score. And part of it is obviously the injuries, but they were ranked in the bottom 20, so the bottom 10. So they were 24th in the league in offensive rating. And like, the, uh, like what is the, I guess like the, their main point of offense is like just getting transition buckets off their defense. Because like okay. if you look at the Golden State game, like look, if you look at the Golden State game, if you have a team that is able to lock in, oh, I, okay, that's only one game, I know, but if you have a team that's able to lock in and play defense and give up the tough shots to Anthony Davis because he's not a good jump shooter, and maybe LeBron, okay, maybe LeBron's health is going to make a difference there, but like they only started coming back because they started forcing a lot of turnovers and getting a lot of easy buckets. And it was the same thing in game, game one. They couldn't score. Game two is the same thing. They just, they killed them in transition and off of those turnovers. But like against better and better teams in the league, I think their half court offense is going to be a little bit worrying. Okay. The, the, the stars have sort of aligned for the Lakers, you know? The Jamal Murray injury and the Clippers really being a shit show. Like there's, I think there's only now one team that could even give the Lakers a run for their money. That's Utah because of Utah's defensive ability and their ability to match up with the Lakers' size, Rudy Gobert. So in, let's say, in that hypothetical Western Conference Finals, you have two excellent def- defenses and you have to pick between Utah Jazz half-court offense or the Lakers half-court offense. And like I said, don't bet against LeBron James. <laughs> Oh, no, no, like, if, no, if you're just betting against, like, half-court offense, obviously you would bet on Utah's offense this year. No, like, in the playoffs? Not, you, we're not talking about the regular season. Look, no, we're talking about the, the playoffs. No, no, no. Here's the thing. LeBron James is great, but the Lakers' half-court offense is terrible. 
They can't score. They can't generate easy looks right now. How many times we've we been through this, man? The oh. Pacers, the Hawks, the Celtics, the Raptors. I'm not saying they're gonna lose, but how how do you think they're going to keep up with a team like Brooklyn? Yes, keeping up with Brooklyn will be a lot harder. That's like the, that's where the Lakers are really gonna have to look yeah. inside and try to get some miraculous KCP shots like last year, and then it's <laughs> gonna have to go off. But th- like they are still the favorite coming out of the West, and they're still the best team in the Western Conference, I think, right now, easily. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm not saying like they're gonna lose or anything, but I'm just saying like it's a worrying trend that's happening. Yeah. They just can't score in the half court right now. And maybe that gets better when, you know, people start hitting their threes. But, like, really, who's going to hit their three? Who's hitting threes? KCP is a 40% three-point shooter. <laughs> I will give you this, though. I will give you this. Part of the reason why their half-court offense stinks is because they're playing Drummond too much. Yes. Yes. Drummond should, they not, roll with he should not hold the ball for more than three seconds. No, it's also his spacing, too, right? Like, yeah. he offers no spacing. No, I feel like every time he catches roll. the ball, he loses it within three seconds. Or he shoots it. Like, he can't do both. <laughs> He's not a player like Anthony Davis that can make a nice pass or a good shot. But, um, yeah. I mean, Even he... Anthony Davis, if he's going to ISO and he's going to take a jump shot, okay, whatever. Every, every team will live with that. He's not a good jump shooter now. Mm-hmm. Or he's never been, except for that one playoff run last year. Last year, yeah. Last year he was hitting threes, game winners and stuff. Like, but he can't do that this season. Like I haven't seen it like that. Sometimes he'll he'll make threes here and there, but not often as last year. So yeah, so that the Lakers are definitely. Wait, I'm searching up Anthony Davis's. Oh, yeah, that's bad. So he's shooting like sixty percent out of the mid range. His highest percentage is thirty three, which is not good. No, 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 for this season. For this playoff season. No, no, no. Because this is what happened last year. And I, I remember I saw a tweet basically that last year, Anthony Davis's like playoff performance was one of the greatest outliers in terms of jump shooting, like in history. Like he went, he's consistently been low thirties in the mid range, in the long mid range as, and like yeah, low thirties threes. But then he went up to high fifties in the long mid range and like 38, 40% from three last year in the playoffs. It's like a segue um, last time we were talking, perfect segue to the to Miami Heat, that the bubble was an anomaly, I feel like. It wasn't like the regular conditions weren't there. Like we see that, yes, Milwaukee is a better team from last year, but the Heat are drastically worse than last year. And a lot of that is Tyler Hero not being, being able to, do the things he was doing in the bubble. And with that, they're down 3-0 now at home with a game four trying to save their life. Yeah. I Like, last year, Miami came up against the Bucks as well, right? And they did really, really well. Now they just – they're about to get swept. It's crazy. Uh, no one's stepping up for them, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think – I think, honestly, I think it's less to do with, though, like – Oh, the bubble is an anomaly, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't an anomaly. I mean, like, the honest thing is, like, Tyler Hero in the playoffs, everybody, oh, he had a great playoff run, which I don't agree with. He just had one good series, but he averaged. He had two good series. He had two good series. He had a one good series. He he shot 37% in the finals. 
No, I'm talking about the Boston series. Yeah, he had one good series. And the Miami and the Milwaukee series. He didn't play that good. That was all Jimmy and Bam. No, but he still did. Okay, but he he averaged 16 points per game, right? Yeah. Um, And he shot 38% from three, 43% overall. This year in the regular season, he's shooting. Oh, he's scoring. He's averaging 15 points per game on 36% from three and 44% from the field. Like, it's not that big of a drop off, like, from where he was in the playoffs last year to this year, like, his regular season. Like, Tyler Hero isn't playing. Obviously, in the playoffs, he's playing horrible right now, but he's not doing anything really different. And that, like, I, don't, I just don't think it's about like Miami Heat were an anomaly last year because Tyler Hero is still the same. They just got a lot worse. Goran Dragic. His injury and his aging, he has he can't get to the rim anymore. Bam Adebayo looks like he doesn't want to score. <laughs> <laughs> nah, all their three white men aren't performing. Like Duncan <laughs> Robinson's not doing nothing. Uh, Dragic, yeah. Tyler Hero, they're all playing like bums this year, and it's yeah. kind of um, think... embarrassing for the Heat and Butler too. Butler. It's kind of sad for him. He, he yeah he's not really stepping up as much as he can but i think he got he also he didn't get injured but he had covid or something maybe that's taking a toll on him who knows but milwaukee just much better i underestimated drew holiday this guy's uh he's really good. a huge playmaker yeah i i seen him in new orleans like he was really good there as well and even before that i don't know what team he played for before that yeah. um philly like he he's a good player, and for the Bucks he's been amazing. All three games he's put up like I think double digit assists, and he's uh, efficient from the floor as well. And Giannis not even going off right now. He's like scoring like I don't think he's averaging above like twenty five. I don't know what his points per game is, but they're doing this without Giannis even going off, and the Heat are just the Heat are down bad. You could say. <laughs> The, the white men need to show up game four if they want to win at least a game. I mean, Duncan Robinson is playing better right now, though, in the playoffs this year than last year. Is that any more points? I think Didn't he score two points last game? Did he? No, but he's averaging 12 points per game. It's because of that huge game one. But Duncan Robinson harder. is, but he, Duncan Robinson's not like a guy who's taking it off the dribble and creating himself. Like He's like a catch-and-shoot guy. Catch. He's, he's a byproduct of the system. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, but like he's still playing okay though. Like it's just yeah, Miami he's, is so much like, he's, worse. Like, he's not the problem. He's not the problem. Like Drew Holiday is a plus eighty-eight in the series, <laughs> plus eighty-eight in three games. What? The, like they're literally blowing them out when Drew Holiday is on the floor. But what do you guys? Did you hear about the injury? So, oh, what injury? The the Dante Divincenzo injury. He's out for the rest of the playoffs. Oh, actually, that's ooh. yeah. That's embarrassing. Oh wait, he's oh, a yeah. good defender. Yeah, he is. A he's good. A good he was a good player. Yeah, he's a he's a good defender. I don't know. That. I didn't watch the game. I just saw the goal. It's time for Pat content to get more minutes. Because <laughs> I think that Dante injury is like a big deal. That Especially, is a big deal. Maybe he, he not for this series because like this one looks like a wrap. Series, but the for Brooklyn. Series. Yeah. Yeah. Because. What he's probably your fourth most important player against the Nets, like because Brook Lopez is not like the yeah fourth. Nets have no. Lopez, he's, gonna be, he's gonna be the one guarding Kyrie or James Harden, whoever's having the off night. 
And Drew Holiday is going to be picking up the main assignment with Giannis getting KD. Yeah, and like especially with how like thin they are at the guard position. Yeah. Like who are they going to? Bryn Forbes is not playing a lot of minutes because he's going to get absolutely destroyed on defense. Yeah, and yeah, he, the Bucks identity starts and ends with defense, and Dante Divincenzo on that end, he's probably like. Yeah, like the fourth most important, maybe even you can make an argument in the Brooklyn series, he'd be the third most important player on that team. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Because you have to somehow limit the Nets. <laughs> Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Third most important, whoa. Okay, if you're not going to stop the Nets, you have no chance. Like Chris Middleton's not out shooting them. <laughs> when was Chris Middleton like a bad defender though? Like he's Okay, fine. but he's not... You can he's put him okay. on Harden. He's okay. Yes, but I'd much rather have him as a side defender and Dante oh, yeah, Vincenzo yeah, guarding like, the ball. He's not bad. Like, and but, like, just because like his offensive contributions are way more important than DiVincenzo. Exactly. DiVincenzo is more just of a defender. I said he could be. I didn't say he is. I said he could be in any given game. I think like they're still going to be like, they still match up well. Like, Giannis and KD, Drew and Kyrie, and Chris Middleton, and uh, James Harden, and P.J. Tucker off the bench. But, like, it is a big blow, though. Like, if Drew Holiday go- gets into foul trouble, I don't know what they do. That's true. It's going to be tough. They put in Tenasis. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tenasis also has an injury right now. If he gets minutes, the Bucks are in trouble. Or the Nets are in trouble. Yeah, yeah he has an injured knee. I don't think he's going to be getting any minutes anytime soon. Yeah, I have a question though. It, you think um, if Miami, if Oladipo was playing for Miami right now, would it be a whole different game? You think no. they'd have a chance against the Bucks? No. Maybe instead of 20, they lose by 15. <laughs> yeah. I would I, yeah. You don't I think, think he would be... make any change at all? No, because look. It depends what Oladipo we're going to see. Like, yeah. if we're seeing the more recent Oladipo, I don't think anything will happen. If we're saying peak Oladipo, which we haven't seen in a while, then then uh, Milwaukee could, I mean, Miami could win like one or two games. Um, there's, there's a reason why Houston traded him for basically nothing. Literally nothing, right? No, they traded him for Kelly Olynyk, and Kelly Olynyk <laughs> went off for them. Kelly Olynyk like, was one of the best players like, in the in terms of season. assets, yes. Yeah, and like like Kelly's like oh he's always been good on offense, but like how important is he to your future as a rebuilding okay. team? The point I wanted to bring about on the Bucks was like Miami, except for the first game, they haven't kept these games close. And Milwaukee is like a great front runner. Like when there's no pressure on them, they can front run and they'll run to all the way to the end of the game. And like we haven't been able to really see the Bucks' late game execution except for a little bit in game one, but, you know, game two, that is what they're going to have to fix when it comes to Brooklyn with Giannis having the pressure and him taking dribbling or setting the screens and taking those mid-range jump shots. Like, is he going to do that like he did against Toronto in 2019? Or are they going to have a better system around him to actually have that late game execution and win? I mean, I don't think – I mean, like, game one, they were fine – yeah, they, they went to overtime in game one, and it was like – they, they, they were still, them. like, they you could still see that they because Jimmy Butler was shooting so poorly, they sort of got, like, bailed out in game one. 
Yeah, he had I mean, a, he had a, the refs haven't called like the, the free throw violation on Giannis all year <laughs> long, and then they, they decide to call it. That's the point that sends it to overtime. That, that that's the one that makes a difference. But I don't think like like the the difference. Like, if you're talking about like a Brooklyn series, like down in the clutch, I don't even think Giannis needs to shoot like jumpers. Okay, he but he does take team. jumpers. Like the Milwaukee Bucks, like, like they sort of bail on what they're doing. And he just takes the ball and he takes a late shot clock jumper. Like you can't have that happen. I don't think they. Like, I don't even think they. Need I think to it do. was no, but I think it was like game one. They had like five seconds on the clock, and Giannis was in the post, and he had he had someone super small on him, and he should have taken him right away. But instead, he drifts out to the three point line and he takes a contested jumper. Yeah, but like that's Miami's. Like that's part of my like Miami is f- like full of really good defenders. No, he had some little guy on. No, 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 but I'm just saying, like, the help defense, that could have been something that he was worried about. No, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't. He just bailed on it. Like, like, like I don't think that's an issue against Brooklyn, especially because, like, they have nobody that can stay in front of him. So, I, I was, um, last year after the Miami Heat beat the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, everyone was like, oh, Giannis is not Jordan. He's Pippen. He needs to look for a Jordan. And I can't remember who said it, but I thought this take was spot on. The person was like, um, it was an ESPN person, either um, Max Kellerman or Jay Williams or Jalen Rose. They said Giannis isn't Jordan looking for Pippen. He's Shaq looking for Kobe. And the Drew Holiday, now Drew Holiday is not Kobe Bryant, but the him and Chris Middleton combined, that gives them that sort of closer, being able to close out late playoff games and more options down the stretch. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I agree with that. Milwaukee is much better. Um, and shout out but, Bobby Portis. Not getting enough love. Bobby Portis, second biggest acquisition for the Bucks. Bobby Portis is a strong guy. That guy, he, he's good. But this is still going to be tough against Brooklyn next. They're facing Brooklyn next round? Or is it third round? Next round, next round. Next round. Yeah, I don't, I don't see them beating Brooklyn. It's going to be a still. good matchup, though, but. I feel like they'll win at least one or two games, but I don't think they're going to beat Brooklyn in the in a seven game series. Yeah, definitely not. But yeah, do you want to? Oh wait, the, the closest team, like the best, or like is Milwaukee going to give Brooklyn like the toughest time in these playoffs? I think I think Philadelphia would, to be honest. I think Philly would give them a better matchup. Uh, than the Bucks with Embiid and Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris is going off. I think I think that that would be a better matchup, and we might see that maybe in the conference finals. I, I thought I thought the same before the series because I thought Milwaukee are just a bunch of bums. They always choke in the playoffs, second round. They lost the four games in a row to the Raptors two years ago. Raptors are goaded though. Shout out Fred VanVleet and Kawhi. But looking at how they're playing against Miami, I think, I think they're going to be more tough than Philly um, in the final. Like, the second round is going to be tough. I still think Brooklyn's going to win, but it may potentially go down to six or seven if Giannis doesn't choke. If, and they have Drew Holiday now, and Chris Middleton's still playing nice. I think it's going to be the toughest matchup for Brooklyn in this. Yeah, Eastern I also conference. think Milwaukee's going to be the tougher matchup. Just because, um, like, they'll be Giannis. Nobody can guard Giannis on Brooklyn. 
and his ability to handle the ball compared to Joel Embiid gives the Bucks an advantage that the Sixers don't have. But does that mean if Brooklyn didn't exist, like just for this year, Milwaukee would be the title favorites? No, Lakers over Milwaukee still. <laughs> no, I don't. Think, sure. I, I honestly don't. But think I think I think Philly could beat Milwaukee. I don't think Philly can beat Brooklyn though. But I think Milwaukee can beat Brooklyn if that makes sense. It's just about matchups. I think yeah, Philly okay. can beat Milwaukee because they can limit Giannis in a way that the Nets cannot. Right, right, okay. And, like, so you're not you, – If you're Philly this year, though, let me just say this. If you're Philly this year, you have no excuse not to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. You have zero – you have to make it yeah. to the Eastern Conference Finals. They have to. You can't lose to West, Russell Westbrook, which they're up to, or which they should handle their business. You can't lose to Julius Randle or Trey Young. You've got to make it to the Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals. Yeah. If they don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid should get traded. I don't know, man. The MSG was popping two days ago. That was a, that was a crazy game. It was. Reggie I, think, Bullock. I think that's honestly one of the most entertaining series of this playoffs, the Knicks versus Atlanta, because it's super fair matchups. Um, it's just fun to watch with all the fans, too. I, I, I want to see what happens in Atlanta as well, how the fans react from the MSG. Yeah, you want to transition to the Knicks? Yeah, yeah, so let's go on to the Knicks now. So the Knicks... They win game two against Atlanta, another close game in this series. And uh, yeah, let's get the New York Knicks bandwagon, uh, <laughs> his his opinions first. Yo, I'm, all I'm saying is New York Knicks, just uh, watch out. Let's just see. I told I told you guys in episode one or two, I'm hopping on the Stephen A. Smith bandwagon. <laughs> and Randall played one of the worst first halves I've ever seen him play in like his whole season because I've only seen the Knicks this year I didn't used to watch the Knicks before this obviously <laughs> but Derek Rose Julius Randle Reggie Bullock second half fourth quarter they took care of business like all three of them especially Reggie Bullock I don't know if you've seen um the fourth quarter or third quarter but this guy was making like sidestep three-pointers he was pump faking hitting the threes hitting big shots getting the crowd involved getting the crowd hype and Derrick Rose's drive-ins, his floaters, he was going off. And they sustained Trey Young as much as they could, not fully, but to be honest, it's kind of upsetting for the Hawks. If you're a Hawks fan, it was upsetting because you had so many open threes and so many open shots. DeAndre Hunter, I seen him miss like three open threes. Like no one was guarding him. And he just shot, and it just brick, brick, brick. Yeah, and a layup too in the fourth quarter. Like, yeah, I, yeah, he was like a, he smoked the layup as well. It's kind of embarrassing for the Atlanta Hawks, but I'm happy how the game ended. And Knicks and six. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. <laughs> I did, what, about, I did. <laughs> what about you, Omad? Since you apparently said the first game changed your uh, mind. Well, the second game reaffirmed. That I think the Atlanta Hawks are going to take the series. Yeah. I switch up. I'm switching up. But to bring on the Knicks side, I think, first of all, amazing decision to only play Alfred Payton five minutes. That won them the game. <laughs> Starting Derrick Rose in the second half, that definitely helped. Paj Gibson was a lot better this game. A team high plus 23. Like, no one saw that coming. The addition, Norland Samuel coming back, that helped out a lot. 
But again, what we've been saying was um, Julius Randle, again, five for 16, two for seven, three. Will those shots ever go in or will we just keep saying for two more games, oh, you know, it's kind of in, kind of not. He's having a rough stretch like the DeMar DeRozan's of 2016 and 2017 when he got bailed out by Kyle Lowry. I mean, he's definitely struggling and they're doubling him like, they doubled him like crazy in the first half. But then they, they kind of, the Atlanta kind of went away from that. Um, but I think if you're an Atlanta Hawks fan, if anything, you are mad at your coach, Coach Nate. Trey Young had to come in that game. Yeah, earlier. I don't know. This guy, he had this, to come in that game earlier. Trey Young, first of all, only played 35 minutes in a playoff game. Like, 35 minutes is like regular season, middle of November, early January type game where, you know, you're already going to make it to the playoffs, so you're just kind of resting guys a little bit. And it's like, not like he had an injury that he had to rest like LeBron or he was on a minutes. Yeah, it should be inexcusable. Like, when you have guys like Derrick Rose playing 38 minutes and Randall going at 36 and pushing 37, they needed to bring Trey Young back way earlier. They called a timeout, too, in the fourth quarter when it started to get away, and he still didn't bring him back. And I think another thing is he needs to start staggering uh, Trey Young and Bogdanovich and have one of them be with the, the bench because the bench is not giving them anything in both games. And they're just getting thoroughly outplayed. But aside from that, I think like they just missed their show. They they just missed their shots. Yeah, yeah they missed a lot of shots. Like Bogdanovich, two of thirteen. Gallinari, two of nine. DeAndre Hutton, three of eight from the three point line. And maybe DeAndre Hunter can be excused, but Bogdanovich, no way. Like that's such a bad percentage for a shooter like that. And I'd like to ask to see, because I know this guy used to, when we were playing fantasy, used to hype up John Collins. Where is John Collins in this series? Where did uh, he go? I mean, last game, he had he had uh, zero points and two rebounds. So honestly, I'm not sure what happened to him. <laughs> um, I mean, he has to, I mean, I honestly think that Knicks are going to take this series just because of, if he doesn't step up, like, they don't have a good center to get points for them. Uh, I don't know what happened to John Collins. He, he was on the right pathway to, like, being, like, an all-star, but he just kind of fell off, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, my vote would probably be on the Knicks. Uh, if, if the Knicks played, like, how, if they played, like, how they played last game, um, every every game in the future, they will be like they're definitely going to beat Atlanta in my opinion, and especially what Johnny said, um, they got to play Trey Young more too. Like <laughs> he's like the main scorer. I'm not sure why they wouldn't be playing him in in the fourth quarter. Of course, but yeah, that's just my opinion. Yeah, John Collins is throwing away the bag. This guy wants a max contract. <laughs> he is definitely not getting it from Atlanta now. Zero points and two rebounds. Like, come on. But yeah, so today's the next game uh, versus Atlanta, game three. Who do you okay, guys I want to bring? I want to. I want to bring up a question though. Okay, so last game two, RJ Barrett didn't play the fourth quarter. What are your thoughts? Did Tibbs do the right thing? Well, they won, so he thinks he did the right thing. But going forward, like, what does that mean if you're RJ Barrett's not playing in the fourth quarter? Oh, that's definitely the right move. 
Wow. Yeah, RJ Barry fanboy said that. No, yeah, listen, listen. I like RJ Barrett's a first half player. Like he doesn't close the game very well. And he was just not playing good. And it's good tips took him out. Because the majority of the offense then went to Reggie Bullock, Derrick Rose, and Julius Randle. And that's where the ball should be in clutch moments in one of those three hands, especially near the end of the game. Um, I think they played a bigger lineup at the end, too. I'm not I'm Yeah, they, not they too did sure. something for Burks. Alec Burks. Alex Burks. But, yeah, I, I, think it's a, I think it's the right move. You know, R.J. Barrett is very young, 20 years old. He's had a great year, especially improving from the three-point line. Um, and he has a lot of potential, and I think he's going to be a great player. But I just think at this point, right now, especially with the like the lack of offense that the Knicks have, they just they need Alec Burks's scoring and creation ability because really on offense, RJ is really only taking wide open catch and shoot threes. Yeah, and that's about it because like Capella is protecting the paint. So he's not going to get those easy looks. He doesn't really have a good mid-range floater, you know, in-between game. And defensively, he's he's probably better than Burks, but I think that's that's a that's a sacrifice you you have to make or else the Knicks just won't have enough scoring on the floor. Yeah, RJ Barrett's good during the season. Like he took it to the rim. He hit his three points. I think his percentage was up from first year as well. But I agree with Johnny. Alec Burks, his offense creation is just much better. And we just need to see more of this from Derrick Rose. And we need to see a better Julius Randle game three. I'm you predicting 30-10-10 Julius Randle triple-double. That's, that's not yeah, happening. I don't know about that one, but... I, mean, I feel like I feel like he'll drop over twenty points today, but I don't think he's dropping a triple double, especially in Atlanta it. this game. If you're in New York and you want to win one game, you want to split in Atlanta, you have to have your best player playing better, and you know Julius Randle. Otherwise, Nick, are Nick fans going to turn on him? Be like, this guy's a fraud. He just showed up for the regular season. And he's not here for the playoffs. I don't think no. so. I mean, maybe. Nick fans are kind of crazy. Did you see them spit on Trey Young too? Yeah, maybe it'll be like another DeMar DeRozan kind of thing where he just goes off in the regular season and then starts not showing up in the in the playoffs. I mean, we didn't hate on him in Toronto that much, but there were a lot of people that did. Yeah, no, but he, he, he carried this team. He carried this team to, yeah. this, like, to this position. The whole team actually played well. It's, New York Knicks is the one team in the East that say that it wasn't just a star or someone carrying the whole team, carrying the whole load. The whole team put in their work, put in their defense, offense. Um, all I'm saying, I don't think New York fans are going to hate on Randall if he does throw this series. Yeah. Yeah. going to be, they're going to be happy for next year. Yeah, they know the that he's a good player. Of this year, right? Like they weren't expected to make it to the playoffs. And so, like, anything is like cherry on on top, like Stephen A said, you know, like whatever happens in the playoffs is whatever. But with regards to his play so far, it's been horrible. Like his second Very half bad. was good. His second half in game two was good. But look, I just want to say, you know, for everybody that's on, you know, Twitter, you know, 
trashing Pascal Siakam all the time. I'm just saying, like, Bam Adebayo and Julius Randle ain't look too good right now in the playoffs. So far. So far. That's facts. There's so many people that just hate it's, on it's, Siakam. It's a big difference being a number two on a playoff team and being a number one on a playoff team. It's, it's miles and miles apart. Yeah. Yeah, like you know, Pascal's play- playoffs last year was bad, but he still averaged 17 points per game, which is like, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's decent. And he took the Raptors to seven games. No, he did not. Okay, but he did nothing. Okay, but like he helped. No, he didn't help actually. If he didn't play that game seven fourth quarter, I think we would have won. <laughs> yeah, That's how bad he was. The playoffs are 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 tough for like every, every star for every star. So I just. Hope that you know people stop slamming. Not from Luka Doncic. Yeah, the past, but yeah, but yeah. that's because he's like special. Like that's a difference. <laughs> so Luka special. Yeah, he's a so, LeBron in the making, in my opinion. Like he maybe not LeBron, but like he's like he's gonna be up there in the making. So Luka takes on Kawhi Leonard, Paul George tonight for the fate for the fate of the Clippers franchise. <laughs> and um, let's quit really quickly. Who do you think's gonna win? Dallas. 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 It's a, it, the Dallas. game is in Dallas as well. My vote is on Dallas. I feel like the, if, if there's a game Clippers are going to win, like in the series, if it's meant to be, like earned for them, it will be this game. But my heart still says Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just too much momentum coming their way. Don't think they can flake at home. What about you, Johnny? I know I have a feeling you're gonna say Clippers, but I'm not sure. Oh no, I want Dallas to win. Yeah. I want Dallas to blow them out by 30 tonight. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Because right. a lot of their things is like just effort on defense, like the Clippers. Um, and they they have to know that if they lose this, it's it's over. Yeah. The franchise is over. I don't know about that. Like, I don't, it's I don't it's time happening. to move to Seattle. Blows up the Clipper name, Seattle Supersonic. Hey, that's what Snoop Dogg said too. He's like, I think, I think Clippers have always been in the shadow of LA Lakers, and they need to or move to cities. Vegas. Like, get out of the city. <laughs> I, I think Las Vegas would be a good destination for them. No, I'm pretty sure though. Like, they're not they make moving, more money by being the secondary team in in LA than if they would in Seattle or Las Vegas. Like, there was like a report on it a couple Steve, years ago. Steve Ballmer's building like a billion dollar arena. Like, they're not. Yeah, but not I in LA though. Not it isn't in LA. like it's like LA, LA. It's not, not LA, LA, but it's in LA. Yeah, it's like yeah, so like, They're trying to distance themselves <laughs> from like Staples Center and like downtown LA. Yeah, yeah they need yes, a new. They need a new arena. Sorry, as long yeah. as they have LA on their chest, they're always going to be in Clipper, in the Lakers shadow. I mean, I, I, they have a really good team on paper, but like on paper, if you're look, if you were to look on paper, probably. Only the Lakers and the Nets have a better team than the Clippers. I don't you think even the Lakers. For Milwaukee. I don't even think Lakers. Like, I think maybe Nets, but I pick I pick the Lakers just because they have LeBron and AD on yeah, paper, okay, and yeah. those are two proven superstars. But on paper, you can only make a case for two, three teams. Other than that, like there's no other team. And when this team was built, they everyone kept saying, "Oh, Harper, Jordan, Pippen, you know, Kawhi, Paul George, Patrick Beverly." Like that's an all NBA, all defensive first team. They're gonna stop. They're not. Gonna, no one's gonna be able to score on them. Patrick Beverly talking to staff like, "Oh, the Warriors' run is over." And like, 
Luka Doncic is tearing them apart limb from limb. Like, yeah, he's the owner of the Clippers now. I think I think Tyron Lue just needs to learn from the last two games. I mean, honestly, I feel like, yeah, like what Omer said, like if they were to win a game, it, it's going to be this one, especially if they do make some changes and stuff. Yeah, if they if they don't win today, it's over. Like, yeah, they weren't even trying in game one and two. They're not going to try down three. Okay? Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. uh, I think Tim Hardaway played a big part, too. He's been stepping up for sure. Uh, I think he's a free agent after this season, so that's probably why he's, he's getting paid. He's chasing that bag, yeah, especially he's with his playoff run. Like, he, he's looking to get a lot of money. But uh, I, he's definitely been a big help with two Luka Doncic. And Porzingis has been – he's been playing good, too. He's, he dropped 20 points last game as well. So, they have a good, good three that scores and good defense as well. Yeah, I think they have 17,000 fans tonight. 17,000? That's what I heard. For the first playoff game in a while. Yeah. Mark Cuban. Yeah, I want to see Mark Cuban get hyped. That's the yeah, Apparently that I think I think that I want to see Dirk and I want to see Dirk in the and Dirk's Dirk in the needs to have better seats. He was sitting in the nose yeah. <laughs> second game. Yeah, I saw that. that was Patrick thing. Mahomes was courtside, but Dirk Nowitzki, the Mavericks legend, was in the nose <laughs> yeah, That's LA though, so yeah, but still Mark Cuban, come on, you're sitting courtside. You gotta get Dirk there. But yeah, I think Luca is uh He's hit another level. He has. He He's has. hit another level, especially from the mid-range. Like, his improvement as a shooter this year from mid-range and from three is just ridiculous. And, you know, a lot of people were saying, how much better can he become? And, like, he can just keep – it's like an exponential growth. It just keeps yeah. going up, up, and better and better and better and better and even better and better. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think – like, okay, where would you guys put Luka Doncic right now in terms of the best players in the NBA right now? Best players. Mm-hmm. So, for me, LeBron's still first. You have you have KD, yeah. James Harden, and Steph Curry. Those are the four ahead of him. He's fifth. Mm-hmm. So, um, now if Kawhi comes back and he wins the series, then he's back in the top five. But other than, otherwise, he, Luka Doncic is the fifth best player. Mm, yeah, uh, I, I think mean, I, I think I'd, I'd put him at five too. Yeah, I think five is a good spot for him. But for being that young, that's a that's a really good spot to be at. He's already he's younger than us. <laughs> he's younger than me. That's so sad. Yeah. Oh my he's God. two years older than me. Two years older than me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's crazy. I mean, the way he's playing against these all stars that have been playing in the he's league. Playing he's playing against grown men. He's literally yeah. playing against grown men. They have Boy, all this playoff man. experience. He has two kids. Luka Doncic, <laughs> Luka Doncic is their dad. I love watching it whenever they get Patrick Beverly to switch on Luka. I love those <laughs> plays. I, those are my favorite. Uh, well, one big question. Do you think this Dallas could be comparable or could make a run like the 2011 Dallas Mavericks did? No one saw them. You think it's too early, right? I think it's too Ooh. early. They don't. They need that second consistent full time star, which they don't have. You think they can come out second round? Who do they face? No. Utah. Yeah, no, they they're not beating Utah. I, I think they'd give Utah a good. Just because money. Utah's so so much better defensively. That's true. And now you, you can't stop Luca, but you could just hope that Tim Hardaway, instead of going four for five, goes one for five. And if you get enough of those games, then you could string together a series win. 
Yeah, I mean, like I'm gonna make a bold good. prediction this this uh, episode. If Mavericks four zero the Clippers, I think they're going to the conference finals. If Mavericks four zero the Clippers, they're gonna go to the conference finals. That's all, that's all I'm gonna say. They yeah, probably lose to the Lakers yet, but yeah. I, I I think that can happen. I think they would definitely be a good matchup against Utah. Like, even though Utah is way better defensively, um, offensively, I feel like, I mean, if everyone plays like how they're doing right now, Hardaway, Przingis, Luka, I think that would be a really good series to watch. Probably a game six or seven it would go to. Yeah, I think, uh, I think like Dallas is not like this team. If you look down their roster, they should not be here right now. <laughs> <laughs> they should not be the fifth seed in the Western Conference. And it's just literally just Luca carrying them. Um, like like Omad said, this year is not the year for them to win the championship. They need that solid second and legit second guy. They need to trade Christos Porzingis ASAP for that second guy. Okay, so you wait, let me ask this. You you said last time Portland, if Portland loses their series. Chris Saps Porzingis for CJ McCollum. You think that makes the Dallas Mavericks a better team? Oh no, I, I I'm just saying like that's a that's from like a Portland perspective. No, but from like, a not from a Dallas perspective. Um should they triple the trigger? Depends on like if they can get more. Because right now Porzingis' value is not high at all. Yes, but CJ McCollum's not making that team better unless you're gonna use him to flip and get something else. He's not helping that team. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm just saying like I just don't think Porzingis is that good anymore. He's not. I agree. But he's, yeah. he's still, not good on defense. the ability to have a 7-1 player compared to a 6-4 player Oh yeah, still yeah, helps. Yeah, that makes a difference. But, like, he doesn't play defense. And he doesn't have any offensive game other than <laughs> popping threes from deep. It's working right now. It's working for now. I think, yeah. yeah, I think yeah it's working. To... But, like, he's not, yeah. like... I don't, I don't think CJ McCollum for Porzingis is what Dallas needs. They need something else. Like, oh, I guess, like, who else is available, though? They need, like, a strong big. Yeah, they need a center. Their main Sabonis? center is Przingis and Clyburn. Yeah. Sabonis, Sabonis would be good. Sabonis would be a really good player, yeah. Sabonis would be good. For Dallas. But they also need someone to sort of anchor defensively. And those are those are hard players to come by. Yeah. Miles Turner. Is. Miles Turner. Miles Turner would be really good on a lot of NBA teams. Especially the he can protect the rim. He can he can switch out onto the guard. He can knock in the occasional three. Like Miles Turner is gonna can be a good player if we were ever to get on the end. Exactly. Get on an actual NBA team. Raptors need him, bro. The Raptors definitely. Need <laughs> I, would, I would trade like for him. Miles Turner. <laughs> yeah. Who would you trade though? I don't know. Just put up together a package. Aaron Baines. Would get you that trade guy. Gary and Fred? Out of what? Gary and, would you no. Trade Gary and Fred. No. No, 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 not Fred. Yeah, not, not Fred. Gary either. Maybe Gary and Aaron Baines, bro. bro <laughs> yeah, he's not that good. Yeah, yeah I think good. Gary he is like fine a... if we trade him. Gary I like Gary. is not that good. I yeah. like Gary. I, I feel like Norman Powell should have stayed, but that's a different topic. But <laughs> wait, okay, wait, Omad, if you like, let me ask you, if you like Gary Trent so much, like, I don't like, I don't know, but if you do like him a lot, but I like him. What does he do if he's not shooting well? He's Nothing. he's vibing. <laughs> Literally, that's it. Like he's vibing. Like I don't know what this man does if he's not. It's shooting. okay. It's good to have these three and D type players. 
the more of them you have, the better it is. Okay, wait, okay. Let me, I guess I'll rephrase the question. If you have a chance to draft a guy, if you're from a Raptors perspective right now, and you, you jump into a position where you can get, I'm not, I'm not even talking about like the top, like three, four guys, right? I'm talking about like, if you're still where you are and right now, like all the mock drafts and all the people on Twitter that I trust are saying most of the prospects there are wings and guards, like two guards slash like three guards, forwards. Would you, would you still take that? Like, would you still take that? Like a two guard, even though you have Gary Trent Jr. Yes. Yes. At the end of the day, Gary Trent Jr. He's, he's not going to be the one or two guy on the championship team. He's just going to be a piece, whether that's a piece on the team or a piece used to acquire somebody like a Miles Turner or whatever. Right. So he's not going to be the main guy. Yeah. Now, if you have, if you're, if you're looking at the prospects and you have a four who's like, who isn't that highly touted? Like, if you're a Raptors fan, you probably don't want him because you already have a Pascal Siakam. You still believe in him. But if it's if he's going against Gary Trent, I don't think Gary Trent. Like, he's not that big of a player that you skip out on a good prospect. All right. Okay. Yeah. I just had to make sure there because some Raptor fans think Gary is like this next level closer for the Raptors. Nah. No, you know who the next the next Raptors goat is? Who? Utah. Malachi Ube. Oh, yeah. Utah. Utah. Ube. That's, that's the guy we need to build around. Watsonabe, yo, he puts his heart into the game, bro. I like his how he plays his defense. Unfortunately, he got dunked on pretty badly, but you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. he I gave mean, it a try. Like he tried. He, he got he got a cameo in the biggest highlight of the season. Yeah. <laughs> top five. You know, it'll be in that. Uh, I think it's top. It yeah, up. I'd say it's top three plays of the year. But yeah, he at least he tried going for. It. He didn't just back away. He he plays good defense when he wants. He puts his heart into the game at least. I like it. All right. Yeah. So to end off really quick, I think um. We all said Mavs. We want the Mavs to win today. I hope the I hope the Mavs win, but you know I have a feeling the Clippers are going to win. Brooklyn, Boston, but New York, Atlanta is game three today. Really quickly, who do you think is going to win? Yeah, New York, uh, New York obviously. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with all day. Atlanta. You got I'm Atlanta. going with Atlanta also. All right, all So appreciate it. Thank you for tuning guys subscribe like comment yes. thanks to scene for joining us today thank you taking, very much to scene for following and joining taking us. time out of your busy instant resell plug that's his ig plug, check plug check his shoes resell. out <laughs> only in canada listening to this podcast he can ship all over canada <laughs> that was from vancouver fun, to saint newfoundland newfoundland what does it uh, say it was fun though i'll come back soon on the podcast. Okay, wait, to see. So who do you think's who do you think's making the finals and who's your winner? And then uh, in the finals, making the finals for getting it wrong. <laughs> breaking the finals, Brooklyn Net versus Lakers, and Brooklyn's winning it. Ooh. Bold pick. Bold. <laughs> so after Milwaukee beats Brooklyn, then we'll act. All right, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for listening, y'all. We out. All right. Yeah, yeah.